1: they can come in and infuse some strength. And this is what we can do as grandparents. So we're kind of on the sidelines. We're ready, we're suited up. If you need me mom and dad, I'm here. But when we when we're called up, when they blow the whistle or whatever, they call us in, we're fresher. You know, we're not like embedded in the nuts and bolts of the raising the kids. And so we can come with fresh strength.
2: That's Shelly Tomlinson. She's with us today on Focus on the Family along with her friend and co-author Chris Howard. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. Uh,
3: John, here at Focus on the Family, we love grandparents. I mean, I'm not one yet, you're not one yet, but we're looking forward to that time. One day. And it's one of the things that people will contact us about. They'd like to see more content for grandparents. Mm. And so, here's your day. We're going to talk about being a grandparent. Being a really good grandparent, and how to do the right things and avoid doing the wrong things, and I am looking forward to this discussion, so that in time, in the right time, when I become a grandparent, I'll be equipped.
2: You'll know better how to engage with your grandkids. <laughs> that's yeah, the that's, goal. Uh, this is going to be a fun program. Uh, Chris Howard and Shelley Tomlinson both our grandmothers um chris is a prolific author and one of the duck dynasty matriarchs i guess you could call her shelley is an author and speaker and between the two of them they have over 20 grandchildren and i believe at least one or two great-grandkids which is crazy Uh, they're hosts of the popular rocking it grand podcast and they've captured some of their stories and wisdom in a great book by the same name called Rocking It Grand, 18 Ways to Be a Game-Changing Grandma. And we have copies of that here at the ministry at focusonthefamily.ca. And while we're talking about
3: being a grandparent with two grandmas, we also want the grandpas to hang in there because this content's yeah. going to be relative to you, and we want to help you in that journey as well. And let me welcome both of you. Uh, thank,
1: thank you. To focus on the family, Thrilled it's to good be. to
3: have you. You got you're really fun. We've had a little banter already. I know this is going to be this great, will be energetic. Now, as we've said, uh, John and I we're not grandparents yet in our little journey, but I hear it's pretty good. Uh, what's your favorite thing about being a grandparent?
4: Oh, favorite thing! Please, yeah, I'll let you go first. Wow, ice cream. <laughs> favorite thing.
3: <laughs> ice grands. cream is
4: always involved, and, and <laughs> in our neck of the woods, ice cream and Chick Fil A are always part <laughs> of something. I mean, uh, there was a time when my my grandkids now are they range from seventeen to twenty five. Mm. So I'm on the great grandkids stage now. I have five great grandkids. <sighs> so there was a time when my entire minivan smelled like something like Like McDonald's or something. (laughs) It was just like so many things. But my favorite thing of being a grandparent is just watching them grow up and being able to pour into them and see the things that you pour into your grandchildren, like you did with your children, actually come about and play out. And, uh, just recently one of my granddaughters uh, was away and, um, uh, she was in California. We live in Louisiana. And just in the middle of the evening at 11 o'clock, I get a text saying, I miss you. You know, uh, how precious is that, that I have developed a relationship with my 18-year-old granddaughter, that when she's in California, she has even a thought about me, you know? Because right. I think about them all the time, of course. But to know that I am part of their thinking and that they love and That's miss so me special. no matter where they are. That awesome. is so yeah. special. That's gotta be top of the list of favorite things. Mine are younger, so my oldest
1: grandchild is 12, or 12 and a half, and then I have one that's one and a half, Uh so I have
3: six that range in those ages. Hey, by the way, 12 and a half is actually 13. Right. She probably would prefer I say 13. I'll just step up for her right. right now.
1: Speak for her. I think my favorite thing in this grandparenting journey has been that you're at a different place yourself, and so you interact with them differently than you did with your children you there's not quite as much expectation and so you can engage in more conversation there's not the nuts and bolts of parenting going on as much and so you can really engage with them and see the world through their eyes because they're always seeing things that i wouldn't have recognized i wouldn't have noticed i like that
3: no that's good i think you know i've said this before but it's a funny line that grandparents and grandkids have a common enemy (laughs) <laughs> the adult children. The adult people.
1: Yeah. There go. Yeah. Yeah. My adult people come back to my house when they, the g- grands are there, and they're coming to pick them up. And the grands will go, oh, and they're like, you know, want to go the other way. And the parents are thinking, well, thank you. I'm glad you missed been, me. Everything's been
3: fun yeah. and exciting. That might be a good place to ask that question because that yeah. does create some tension with your adult children, right? And yeah. your daughter-in-law or your son-in-law, you know, they come to get the kids. And they're kicking and screaming, got their heels dug in. They don't want to leave grandma and grandpa's house because it's been so much fun. And then, of course, you get the phone call, you know, grandma, grandpa, um, can you guys help us and not be so fun? (laughs) Don't give them so much sugar.
1: Right. I think as long as you're aware of where the parents' lines are. And Chris and I talk about this a lot. Like, if the parents are, they don't uh, give their kids a lot of sugar, then you don't either. I think that's kind of really... You abide by their rules as much as you can. Of course, as grandparents, you know you're going to fudge them some and enjoy the grands a little. (laughs) But I really do try to respect. If they say nap time, they need a nap, then you put them down for a nap. If you say... Um, sugar is a no-no, then don't. And that that helps with that problem with the parents. That shows mutual respect.
4: Now, just the the fact that they dig in and want to stay with you, oh, no, you're just happy about that. You're just like, Sorry, buddy, but yeah. your kid loves me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: right. more so than that, you. Yeah, no. yeah. This
4: is yeah. my time. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I'm okay. Here, you can take him sk- kicking and screaming if you really right. want to. But right. No,
3: I know. I've. I've it's kind of to that like people. stop,
4: don't stop yeah. thing yeah. with yeah. the
1: grandchild, yeah. where you're wanting them to stop crying for the parent, but you really like it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah, really,
4: yeah, Really are loving every minute of it. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. For Chris, sure. let me ask you. Uh, your granddaughter uh, Sadie Robertson. Um That's Willie and Corey. Corey's your daughter. Mm-hmm. So Sadie's your granddaughter and she's a delightful young lady. She is. I mean she is. She every, is. every every uh, father who has a son about her age that's the kind of daughter you hope your son will meet you know. Right. Just very bright. I had many many, many direct messages
4: Lord. from people when Sadie was before, before she was married with do you, I really would love for my son to meet Sadie. <laughs> yes. Do you think she'll be in such yeah. and such town? You know, like, oh, I know. Okay. I had
1: people yeah. want me to set Sadie set up. And Sadie I was up. like, I'm not even in that. No, I'm yeah. not.
3: Yeah, you... you- mentioned in the book you traveled to a speaking engagement with her and a young woman approached you and she said something about being a grandparent that really grabbed your heart. What did she pray over you or say to you that got your attention?
4: She did. For the first probably three years of Duck Dynasty when Sadie or three or four years when Sadie was asked to speak so much, developing her speaking skills, I was the natural one to travel with her. Corey was busy filming and doing different things. So I was with Sadie at this speaking engagement, and this young lady came up to me and said that she had been thinking and praying, and she just wanted me to know that what has been coming to her is that that my ceiling, our ceiling as grandparents will be the floor for our grandchildren to mm-hmm. bloom and blossom and go and move and do and all that. And I mean, that just hit me. Mm-hmm. I love that analogy so much. And later I say in the book, I took we took our whole family to um, Israel for Christmas three years ago, and we got to see this in action. We got to look down this, where they have excavated, I don't ever say that <laughs> yeah, word but... right, this whole area. And you can literally see three civilizations on top of each mm-hmm. other. And I thought, looking at that, wow, that is, you know, Johnny and I and Corey and Willie and Sadie and now Christian, and now they have Honey, who is now, of course, above us, my mom and dad and Phil and Kay and our, our generation, but my mom and dad and, you know, five generations. And each generation is building on the next and leaving that, our ceiling, we're leaving that floor for them to start yeah. what they're going to do
3: it's a beautiful and then picture. move
4: on up. It's just yeah. really... That just touched me so much um, and when it you still look, does. Yeah,
3: when you look at that, um, I guess using that analogy of, you know, building upon your grandparents' floor, ceiling, ceiling as maybe. your floor, which mm-hmm. is a great way to look at things, yeah. what are those, as a grandparent, what are those building materials that you're giving your grandchild to build on? What are the timbers that they're going to be using? What are those things you're investing in as a grandparent?
4: Right. That is a, that's the thing that you, that's what we think about mm-hmm. so often what we want to pour into other grandparents t- for them to think about that. Think about those things. What are those things? My husband and I started something when ours were little, and we may have talked about this on the last show. And um, every time we would be on vacation, we'd make the kids sit down and we added to this Principles for Living or Howard Legacy Principles for Living. We have 67 of them now that we and those are the things we wanted to build into our children, and so of course now those are the things that we wanted to build into our grandchildren, now our great grandchildren. And so, how you go about those things may be a little bit different when you're the par- the grandparent instead of the parent. You don't have all the responsibility all the time. Right. You do get to do a little more things. Things don't have to be quite as serious on some things, but still, there's a seriousness to it because God has gifted us with this role. As grandparents so Chris Legacy and I,
1: Living. Right. We talk a lot about the intentionality. That's really big. And I think it ta- it speaks into what you're asking. If you're intentional as a grandparent of what it is that you're wanting to pass on, there are opportunities out during the day while you're with them to redirect their thinking toward what the Word says, what God's Word says about this. And it can be a natural way of including the principles that you're wanting to pass on to them in the conversation mm-hmm. so that they know what's important important. important to you. And you don't have to preach all day. It's just grandma really loves Jesus, you know, and this is who she listens to. And this is who is guiding her life. And if they see that model, that life of faith before them, it's easier for them to come to that. And, And you have to do that, or we want you to do that with intentionality.
2: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. You can get rewarded for hard work, patience, and even for making good decisions. Making a good decision when it comes to home and auto insurance starts with Deeks Insurance, a licensed insurance brokerage since 1981. You can save with their multi-vehicle discount, home and auto bundle offer, and even collect air miles, reward miles with every policy. They're also happy to reward members of faith-based organizations with preferred rates. Visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance, where family matters.
0: Are you a pastor or ministry leader? Are your everyday ministry responsibilities taking a toll in your life? It's time to let God minister to you. Come away with your spouse and be quiet before God. Focus on the Family Canada has designed a seven-day retreat for couples in ministry. Come visit us at Carith Retreats a quiet place to receive from God and deepen your connection to Him, your spouse, and your calling. Find rest, find renewal, find reconnection with God. Find out more at CarithRetreats.ca. Do you have a desire to help families thrive? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for skilled, passionate people to join our dynamic team. We are currently looking to fill positions in marketing, digital media, and web development at our head office in Langley, B.C., If you or someone you know feels called to be part of our dynamic team, explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment.
2: Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Uh, Let me ask you this. As kids get
3: older, uh, maybe the teen years, if we could frame that time in life, Uh, they can tend to pull away a bit. There's so much pulling at them, electronics, friends, everything like that. How did you see those changes happening in your grandkids, and what were the kind of the fixes to try to keep them engaged in the family?
1: Well, I'll speak to that, and then I'll cede to Chris because hers are a little older, but I'll tell you what I'm doing like right now because Uh mine are kind of transitioning, and I see that happening, and then Chris can speak to as they get older so that 12 and i have a couple that are uh, pushing 13 and so if that you have no you're you're no longer the center of their world i mean sadly this is what begins to happen you know grandma was everything when they were two and now their world enlarges and it's full of friends and family and their own interest and so you have to reach out to them more So So you initiate. You initiate. And you do not expect them, and you don't take offense if you're no longer the brightest star in their (laughs) universe. You know, it can be hard as grandparents because that was your baby. But if you realize that this is natural and it's good that you're no longer the, you know, they're not orbiting around you. And so you reach out to them and you continue. I say in another place in the book, you talk about the things that don't matter as much so that the things that do, you've already built a ground of oh, communication. That's, that's a good parenting tip. So it's regardless wow. what's going on, if you instill that, that just ability to um, have a conversation and talk to them about their life, and you might be talking about a frog or the color of the sky, and it may seem inconsequential before they reach that age. Yeah. But if you've built that communication in, then they start turning older, and they'll trust you to talk about the things that are really important because you took the time to talk to them about the things that they've. Felt were important when they were a little bitty. Yeah. But now, Chris has the older teenagers that.
3: Well, the more she, experienced the grandparent more experienced.
4: is what I hear you say. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I will see she older, wow. more experienced Did I say though? that yes. right? Yeah, she, she tries did. to Very not use that, that word that. older, but. No, I, I think say mature. She just did. Mature. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I always would say, say she's More experienced. Wiser. You are more experienced. A little more experienced. And I remember, it's funny, Shelly man, I remember. I was on her radio show probably five years ago and she asked me how I. Dealt with teenage grands because hers were really little at that yeah. time, and I had the teenage grands. I and, do remember this. Uh, and really, Shelly is saying it right. You've built, you've laid that foundation when they were younger, just like a parent does. You mm-hmm. lay that foundation so that when they reach those teen years, those natural years, that they're going to gravitate away from you. And my joke in my family is when my kids, my grands get their license, I get traded in for a car. <laughs> and so that's like I'm the one driving them around and going, and then all of a sudden, I'm not anymore. And uh, my wow. seven. 17-year-old had an eye appointment this week where he had to have his eyes dilated. Yeah, I yeah, so get to I, drive again. <laughs> oh, I picked him up and I said, just like old times, buddy. He yeah. got in the car with me and so after we did that, we went to Chick-fil-A, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's just staying connected to them all the way through so that when they reach 13 years, they still want to be with you. They still, I mean, you're definitely way down the line of mm-hmm. the girlfriend, boyfriends, friends at school and all that kind of stuff, but you're still in the picture because you've built this relationship with them. And they, and for me and Shelly both, both of us like to be involved even on other levels. Like we both play tennis with our grandkids. We boat, ski, do those things. So any of those kinds of things Being that you active. can find, yeah, be yeah. active, things that yeah. even, um, you know, my grandkids, we all have, Tennis tournaments, you know, the
1: whole family. I told a story in the book, and I think it's so good for this part of this conversation, that I developed this little game. It's a silly little game with one of my grandchildren when she was riding in the back seat. And she was that age where they ask questions constantly that have no importance whatsoever. Why, Grandma? Why? Why, Grandma? (laughs) Why, why, why? Why is the grass green? I had an epiphany one day, and I realized that Emerson didn't really – care why the grass was green what she wanted uh, was the conversation oh man that's what was coming and when I realized that this game developed accidentally where she would say why is the grass green and I would answer in a nonsensical way I'd say because elephants are gray and it took her a little <laughs> while to to catch it yeah. and she would go okay but Keggy, that's my grandmother now. Yeah. Keggy, why are elephants great? And I would say, because the sky has clouds. And she'd go, Oh, why does the sky have clouds? And I would say, because the trees are straight out of the ground. <laughs> and we could talk for hours. And her parents would listen and they were like, That, that is the craziest thing. But Emerson loved it. And so what she yeah. was loving was the
3: conversation. She was connecting.
1: She was yeah. wanting to have a conversation. Yeah, that's with so him. fun.
3: Yeah. You know, um, Tough times are part of life. I mean, we are on the mountaintop sometimes, and sometimes we're in the valleys. And in the book, you mention that. Um, what are some ways we can teach our grandkids, not being their parents, obviously, but from the grandparent perspective, to build resiliency, You know, to toughen up so when those big blows come in life, you can manage them, whether they're 8 or 18, or 28, whatever it's going to be. So I think the specific question is, how do grandparents play a role in toughening up the kids?
4: I think a grandparent's role is different. You're not always privy to everything that's going on in their life because you're the grandparent. You're not living in the home with them. You're not seeing all of it. Mm -hmm. And so for a grandparent, I, I think you always have to be mindful of that and keep the conversation. Like I to ask mine, I check on them. I say, how is school going? No, how school really going Or friends in your mm-hmm. life, you know, tr- that kind of thing. And then just being super encouraging, uh, In the best way, I think I say another thing about grandparents are we're the best cheerleaders because sometimes it's up to mom and dad to kind of say the tougher things and up to grandparents to cheer them on, even when mom and dad have had to say, you know what, that was a tough game. You didn't actually play your best grandma can come in and give the biggest hug and here's the bag of Cheetos and some water and you did great buddy I love you so it does change a little bit I mean we want we talk this all the time when we do shows on building resilient children we think we have a responsibility even with the grandkids too to help them see that one way that
1: I have found to build that type of resilience is to really give my grandchildren a bigger picture because many times they look at us and and grandma looks like she didn't ever have these problems and their parents Mm -hmm didn't have these problems. But if they're involved in something that I can say to Grant, you know, I remember when your Uncle Philip was this age and he was playing ball. And sometimes he would have a game like this whenever nothing went right. And if you can liken that to the, the adults around them that they they have not considered this yet, you know. And this is how Uncle Philip would do it. He would just decide. So you're not exactly now telling them what to do, but you're modeling for them. When Aunt Jessica had this problem, or when your mom had this problem, she did this, or we did this. And they begin to see how they weathered the storm, and that helps them build resilience. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, Let's move to probably the most important aspect uh, and heart thing for a grandparent, and really those of faith, those that have a Christian Mm -hmm. faith, Mm -hmm. because that's what it's all about. It's It's everything. So how do we help our grandchildren develop a faith in Christ that provides eternal life. I mean, that's what we believe, that we embrace Jesus and that's eternal life. It's spending eternity with him in heaven. That's awesome. It is the whole ball of wax. For
1: me, that is an ongoing dialogue. It's the uh, bringing Jesus into the conversation. It's a, a language of faith that I speak with my grandchildren. We don't – I have something during the summer that I call grand camp where I have all of them <laughs> come good. to my house and we just act crazy. It's like very much what happens at Keggy's Camp stays at Keggy's Camp thing. You know, we just really <laughs> – we and these are hard. Eight and nine years. Yeah, <laughs> we we play hard, but we incorporate faith. I I have it all woven all through the day. And we might have a devotional that morning, guys, that's really short, uh, age appropriate, 10 minutes or something, very short. And we'll talk about Jesus being the light of the world. But then I'm going to bring that out through the day. I'll bring questions to them and keep the conversation going about who Jesus is in different things that we're doing. I think what... Where we miss this is when we only take our children to church, Mm -hmm. and they do not see Jesus being a part of our life Monday through Saturday, and then we take them to church again. We do them a great disservice because now they're looking and they're saying, well, it doesn't appear to be a really important part of your life. I want them to have a different message. I want them to see that, you know, Keggy lives in priest Jesus. Yeah. There's something here.
3: We're right near the end, but I do want to cover a couple things. One, you compare grandparents to superheroes. I like oh, that. So, dance. A, I guess I'd like to know what superhero well, you identify with, and then B, was, how's it work? <laughs> okay,
4: this was just one day they had superhero day at school, and my granddaughter, Sadie, that we've already talked about, actually went as me. That was her. <laughs> that is and great. It was so, I just was so amazed at that and just thought it was so so precious. And then I got to thinking about the traits of a, a superhero. And I, for me, I think if I were to be one, I would have to say Wonder Woman because that's what I would want to be. And I want to do and accomplish so many things in life. And uh, we were talking about this yesterday, how Sadie's so much like me and that we just always have so many different things going going in life. And I think Sadie saw that as a, this. Was, she was in the sixth grade as a sixth grader. And so then I started kind of developing that theme for this book about what are the things that grandparents do mm. that are like a superhero. And so uh, you know, if you get the book, you'll, you can read all those things. But you know, one of them is just I think superheroes are always out to do good. Yeah. And that's what grandparents do. I mean, that is our focus in life is doing good. We've we've lived it all. You know, we've done a lot of things, and now what's left for us to do is to leave the good, yeah. leave that legacy of good with our with our family. Yeah.
3: And you both have talked about. Uh, that building resiliency into the grandkids and, you know, observing the parents, your adult children's wishes when it comes to what they eat (laughs) and uh, how excited they get. Uh, Let me speak to that community of grandparents where they're not as connected. And right at the end here, uh, you know, again, I want to remind everybody, we have Caring Christian Counselors. You can call us to get more information. But I know people are listening where it's gone wrong. They're not connected appropriately with their adult children, perhaps. Therefore, they don't have access to the grandkids or, you know, there's just strife in the family. And they're hearing this going, I wish I had that playful Mm -hmm. spirit, Mm -hmm. Chris, you know, what you just described and having fun at granny camp. But my kids and i are somewhat estranged for whatever reason and i don't have that kind of contact what advice do you give that grandparent how do they begin to mend that bridge so they can experience one of the greatest blessings Um, in life
1: um i would just so encourage you i would love to speak directly to that grandparent that's listening um I'm almost emotional to speaking to you because I, I feel your heart, and I know that it can be hard if you're not connected, but I want to promise you that the Lord wants that more than you do. He wants you to be connected with your family and with your kids and with your grandkids, and I would just so encourage you to partner with Him, to just go to Him in prayer and begin to ask Him for a different relationship with your kids and with your grandkids, and You know, it's not just something, a cliche or something to say, but God does answer prayer and he is listening. And so the very first thing I would say is pray. Pray about it. And then own up to what you have done. Own your, on your mess. It's the part totally of the right. uh, relationship that's your mess, yeah. own it because your kids need to hear that's that. That's humility. And that's the humility that the Lord can bless. And then just so many times we don't say vocally what we want, but vocalize that with your kids. You know, I've done, this is where I own what's gone wrong, but I want something different for your kids and I want to be in their life. And I think those two things, that humility— and honesty and partnering—oh, I can't count three things—and partnering with Jesus uh, in their lives. Yeah. I think that's where you begin. That's so
3: good.
4: That's really it. I mean, Shelley, you did such a great job summarizing that, and my heart goes out to uh, grandparents in that situation as well. And I, the the only thing I guess would say it maybe just in a different way is— Do what you can do. The Bible tells us to do what we can do as much as it depends on us. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're doing what it depends on you to do to make the situation better. And sometimes as we get older and we get a little more stubborn in our old (laughs) age and set in our ways, and sometimes we need to have a little talk with ourselves and say, no, wait a minute, I need to back up. And do what I can do to make this situation better. And um, I would think that the grandchildren out there who are wanting you to be a part of their life want you to do that. Yes. Yeah. You know? and it's a
3: yeah. an, it's a challenge, but it's an amazing admonition mm-hmm. you're giving, and that yeah. is to say. And so many your,
4: times, the grandchildren are the ones that mend a relationship, right. with the child. They and, can you, know, that's, you have to set your so,
3: grievances aside and look right. at the bigger picture and say the grandkids are the big picture. Right and Their relationship with Christ is the big right. picture, and how can I play into that? So that's really good, Chris mm-hmm. and Shelley. I mean, this has been fantastic. Oh, thank you for it. such a strong reminder of the influence of grandparents in the lives of those grandkids and great grandkids, Chris. Yes. And I so appreciate it.
2: Uh, thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank, thank you for you. having us. Enjoyed being here.
2: This has been great, and uh, I'm sure if you're a grandparent, you've been encouraged by what Chris and Shelley have shared today, and. Uh, This reminder, we have their book, Rocking It Grand, available here uh, through Focus on the Family Canada. It is full of fun stories and really practical insights to help you uh, kind of give your grandparenting a boost. Order your copy today, 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family, or get that book from focusonthefamily.ca.